Okay. In our Facebook group, the best place on this side of the world, on in the internet world, that's what we hear all the time. There are some really great questions that go up each day, some wonderful sharing of resources. And one question that came up was, listen, I'm not a teacher by trade. Tell me how you do it. How do you have your kids with you while you are running your program? Whether it's a micro school, homeschool hybrid, maybe you are a homeschool mom and you're wanting to start a micro school. Maybe you're a teacher and you're like, what is it going to be like for me to have my child all day long? Well, when this friend of ours in our Facebook group posted it, it was wowzers when you saw all of the comments. Because let's face it, I mean, for me, I dreamed of being home with my kids and teaching them. I wanted that so badly. And then whenever it happened, it was like, whoa, okay, I'm with my kids all the time now, okay. And I'm also with other kids. And then it was also the fact that I'm teaching and I have my children there. And what is that all like? We were doing it in our house for three years. And now we're in another location. So I'm going to be honest with you today, share with you my experience of teaching my own children. And I'm also going to give you some really great tips for those of you who are balancing this as well, or for those of you who are interested in it and you want to know how will I make sure that I stay afloat while I am building a school, building a business, while also having my child alongside. Let's get into it. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. One of the greatest parts of our Facebook group are not just all of the great ideas and the support, but it's also the moments of finding yourself in a position where you have a safe place to vent and to be vulnerable enough to share your journey. And while we keep it all positive, we also have moments where people are struggling and they need help and they are looking for ideas or they're looking for clarity. So if you're not a part of our Facebook group, head on over there, Teachers Let Your Light Shine Micro School Community on Facebook. So this is actually a long overdue, a long overdue topic. I feel like we need to have a conference, my friends. We need to have a conference on a lot of things that I talk about here on the podcast, but this is one of them. We need to have a breakout session. So let's imagine that we are at a conference or a convention, like a homeschool convention or a teaching convention, and you have a breakout room. So we're all going to go into a breakout room right now, and we're going to talk about what it's like to be a parent and a micro school builder, or let's say you have your own program that you run, whether it be a learning pod, homeschool hybrid, 
Maybe you're even just trying to figure out how you're going to run a summer camp, my friends, and you're going to have your kids at home with you at the same time. Now, my experience is only my experience. We're all going to have different experiences. So I am not one to let to tell you that it needs to be a certain way. But I do want to say that any shame or guilt or fear that you have around this really has no place to thrive and survive unless you allow it to. So really be paying attention to what you are harnessing as your truth. Because I will be honest with you, my very first year of starting a micro school, I heard and I let it become my truth. I heard a friend of mine, she was teaching in a private school. And she said that the year that she had her daughter in her private school class was the hardest year of her teaching career. And I saw her when I was getting ready to start my school. And she said, I'm telling you, the hardest year that I had, I've told you this before, is whenever I had my daughter in my own class. And I'm like, I'm not going to receive those words. It's going to be fine. I've waited for this moment. I wanted to do this for my kids. And then I realized, wow. It's definitely not a walk on easy street. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Only because I did not prepare accordingly. I'm like, I'm going to teach my kids. Woo! I'm going to start a micro school. Woo! I'm going to open up my living room. Yeah! I'm going to give this safe place for everybody and during the pandemic. Yahoo! And we're going to cook and we're going to we're going to learn life skills and we're going to go swimming and we're going to go on field trips and I'm going to be able to teach you all of the fun things that you've always wanted to learn that you've never been able to. But I did not prepare myself on how I was going to handle this day in and day out because I had yet to ever been around my child for that long while also working, while also sharing myself. And I'm going to tell you that there have been a lot of conversations along the way between me, my husband, her, my other daughter, my mother-in-law, my parents, everybody. And I can tell you that throughout the times that it's been difficult, because I'm not going to lie to you and say that this is just the easiest moment ever. And you may be listening to this going, well, I've been doing it and there's not a single problem. Like I said, I'm going to share my experience and you could have a different experience and what may be my experience may never come to happen to you. Okay. But I think it's important whenever you come across someone who's struggling in this area to know that it is absolutely a normal thing to have some resistance. And I believe that this podcast is here to help you along the journey. Now, my sweet Juliana, she is in sixth grade. She's been here since second grade. She begged me to get her out of public school in kindergarten and first grade. She is a delight. She is some. She is a little girl that I would have thought we never had anything in common. But let me tell you, after having this experience of teaching her the past four years, we have a lot in common. And I believe that it's because of this experience. She has learned absolute leadership skills because she sees her mom in a leadership position. She's learned empathy because she has been around her mother who is teaching and caring for people. She has learned organization. She has learned communication skills. She has watched her mother and her father build upon a dream. Now, could she have done that without being in a in, in our setting? Absolutely. 
but she's been immersed in the pro in the process for sure. And yes, I understand you could be saying that's a catch 22 guys. Here's the deal. Life is all about our experiences and what we make out of it. So we can train our thoughts and our actions to be of negativity and guilt or shame or worry or fear, or we can have just as much energy go towards hope, joy, thankfulness, positivity. So we have to choose in this situation. And I want to say that just like in every career or in every situation where there's parenting, there are ebbs and flows. There are hills and valleys. I would not take this back for anything. I still love the fact that my oldest daughter, Jalen, she does go to public school. And I'm telling you, and I think I've said this in earlier podcast episodes, we pay for the fact that she goes to public school. Okay? We have our own battles to fight with that. And they're not fun. And if I could change it, I would. And you're probably saying, well, you do have the power to change it. Well, the truth of the matter is we're here, again, not to judge or to point fingers, but we all know that we have choices in life. My daughter, she still struggles wanting to be here, but wanting to be there. But at the same time, we've given her that choice. We also want to empower our children to make their own choices. But I will tell you, that every day, I, even earlier this morning, I was like, you know, I, we wouldn't have to be dealing with this if she did not go to public school. We would not be underneath this feeling of always having to conform to the patterns of this world. And I feel sorry for her. I, I know that the struggle is real. I think it's hard for all students anyways. But I can tell you with little Jolie, looking what Jolie has in sixth grade compared to what Jalen had in sixth grade, you guys, it's a night and day difference. So I'm here to tell you that when the going gets tough, you better keep going. Because let me tell you, the other side is not fun. It's not pretty. I mean, when I have enough, enough, um, when I have enough clarity and understanding to speak about some of the things that my oldest daughter has endured, I definitely will with her permission. But right now, we're just going to keep it moving. And I just want you to know that when I look back at, again, what Jalen, my oldest daughter, had to go through compared to what Joliana has to go through, it's a no-brainer. I'll take this struggle. I'll take, I'll take the little things here and there that I might have to deal with with Jolie than I will ever want to having to take what she had to endure whenever she was in middle school. 100%. I even look at kids that are Joliana's age. Joliana, my youngest one, who's in sixth grade, she plays competitive soccer. And a lot of her friends all go to public school or private school. And I just look at them and I think about, okay, they're in sixth grade. They're still so sweet and vulnerable. And I had no idea that when my oldest daughter, Jalen, was in middle school, that I was legitimately throwing her to the wolves. I didn't know, but I know now. And I said this whole time I was going to go kindergarten through fifth grade. That was it. Middle school is not my wheelhouse. I am not dealing with middle school. We will find Juliana another place to go. And it just kept pressing to middle school, middle school. I was trying to find my daughter a place for middle school. I'm like, K through five, that's my place. I was trying to find a place for middle school for her. 
Doors kept closing. I finally asked Jolie, Jolie, do you want to go to middle school? She's like, no, I want to stay here. And I'm like, really? Because there's other days whenever she is just thinking, I want to get away from my mom. <laughs> I know that she's thinking that. And the fact that she said, no, I want to come here was just even more proof that we needed to keep doing it. And our middle school, I really didn't know how it was going to work out, but we have 10 students in our middle school. And that's one of our bigger class sizes. Well, we've got second through fourth, that's 16 students. And then our VPK in kindergarten, they started out with seven and they've grown to 10 as well. So I'm here to let you know, just that backstory right there is, yes, we've had our moments. We've had our time of, is this really, is this really what's best for Jolie? Is this really what's best for me? And the truth of the matter is when I even go back to listen to homeschooling podcast, they say the days are hard. And I just heard from this mom the other day, we went to, took our students to a field trip called Cheyenne Ranch, all 36 students on a field trip. This mother owns a ranch. She's a homeschooling mom. She opened up her home and her land to start doing field trips and horseback riding lessons. And she said, you know, I would never, ever trade what I have gotten with my kids, even though the days are hard sometimes, she said. But you know what they say? The days are long, but the years are short. The days are long, but the years are short. So I do think there have been some moments that, yes, I know Jolie is thriving here. I know Jalen absolutely thrived whenever she was here as well. I know that academically. I know that socially. I know that emotionally. I know that spiritually. I will say that they have gotten to have more experiences than they would have ever in another setting. And they have seen what it takes to make a dream come true. They have been immersed in it. They have also seen the sacrifice They've seen the tears, all of which I totally believe it's not, this isn't, we're not harming our children by them seeing that they're not, we're not in a car homeless and they're fighting for food. It's typically a power struggle. It's typically resistance. It's typically boundaries, all of which is going to take us having strength to endure and to not give up when the days are dark, when the rain's coming down. So I want to share with you some really great tips to help you as you are transitioning or navigating having a micro school and teaching, a, teaching your own children. And I definitely believe that if you are in a position right now where it's a struggle, take a step back. Let's talk about some careful planning, some good approaches to create a successful and a balanced environment. Number one, <laughs> I just had this conversation because I'm recording a podcast and Joliana, my youngest one, comes in here. I said, Jolie. She's like, well, I just wanted to come in here because I wanted to watch videos about 9-11 and everybody is being loud in the lunchroom and I'm, I'm done with my lunch. And I said, Jolie, it's boundaries. It's boundaries, honey. Go on out there. So definitely establishing clear boundaries. I've even had it on my door before. Girls, I'm working from 8.30 to 12 o'clock. If you've listened to uh, a podcast episode that I did in the summertime, working from home while you're also having your children. So 
This does take you slowing down and having boundaries between your role as a teacher and as a parent and even your physical space. And make sure both you and your children and the other students understand these boundaries. So I've even had conversations with the class before. Boys and girls, the reason why Jolie goes into my bedroom to use the bathroom is because she lives here. Boys and girls, the reason why Jolie gets to feed Jax is because that's her dog. And anytime you're around a dog with food, you have to be very careful, even though Jax has never hurt anybody ever. But there's those situations when we had the micro school in our house. Boys and girls, these are Juliana's toys, even though she always shared. There were times where she'd be like, I'm tired of sharing. Okay, well then don't share. You get a right to say no. And that's the other part too is, you know, definitely the people pleaser, the giver in me. I want Juliana to understand that she can say no. So she would let the kids play with her toys or their, her balls or whatever it may be. And sometimes they would get broke or they would get damaged. And we would have the conversation about taking care of other people's items. And it was a very good learning experience for all of us on our end. But I can definitely say that we had to have boundaries. We had to have very good communication. And we had to let Juliana know that Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for giving. It's all going to work out. You did the right thing, but also it's okay to say, I don't want anyone else to play with this right now. Also designating separate spaces. So this got a little blurry whenever we had it in our home because it our, our school grew to 22 people coming over every day. So both of our living rooms became classrooms. Our back porch became the classroom. My office was used um, as a classroom, my office be- went into my bedroom. I mean, just everything was given for the school. Even the kitchen was being used. Okay. The bathrooms. Now for Joliana though, we clearly defined no one goes into her bedroom ever. And we also defined for Jolie a place where she could go to get away, to escape and to do her work if she wanted to. Same thing here at this school because she sees her mom, she sees her mom leading, she sees her mom teaching and working. She needs to have her own space to where mom has to stay late after school to talk with a teacher or with a parent. Juliana has her own place with her own little activities that she can go to. And we explain this to the students. I think it's it's just a a natural conversation to have. Boys and girls, Juliana has to stay here late each day. She's got this basket of items that she uses, so please make sure that you're respectful. That's also teaching other students boundaries as well. I also believe that it's very important to delegate responsibilities. You can delegate certain responsibilities to another adult or staff during the instructional hours, which by the time I started hiring people, I felt even more help with our school, but I also felt more help with our student because, okay, maybe you don't want to learn from mom today, which she never said that, but maybe she didn't want to learn from mom today. It's giving her another perspective and another adult. This can help you focus on teaching, but it can also help you from being overly distracted by your own child and being fixated on it. It's also very important to set expectations and rules. So communicating your expectations and rules to your children and to the other students, as I said, emphasizing the importance of treating everyone kindly. And here's the deal. It's your child. You birthed this child. 
they're going to be different than the other kids. It's just the nature of the game. They sleep with you, you feed them, you nurture them, you keep them alive and healthy, and you do more for your own children that you're going to do for anybody else's child because that's just the nature of it. They, you, they are underneath your roof, right? You're responsible for their doctor's appointments. You're responsible for feeding them. So it's important that the other students know that you're not trying to show favoritism, but it's just the fact that that is their, that this child is your child. You are their mother. And same thing with your mom and your dad. If it was at your house or if you went to your mom and dad's work, there's going to be a different personality. There's going to be a different interaction. And we thank you guys so much for having understanding and to know that we care about each and every one of you guys. We love our own children, but you guys are very important to us. And we want to make sure that you know that we are not trying to give Joliana more privileges than we are you. If it appears that way, it's not because it's intentional. It's because it's only natural that a mother and a daughter or a child have a different connection, but we still care about you guys and want to make sure that this is a wonderful, positive experience for you. It's all about the way that we approach it, right? You also, on the other flip side, have to be conscious, giving equal attention to your own child and not fixating on the negative. So that is going to take you being very conscious that you're not fixating over what they have done wrong or what they need to be doing that's different. We like to also have, when it's at the end of the day, whenever what was in our home, Joliana and I would go set out on the, on the swing at the end of the day and just chat, or we would take the dog on a walk. Sometimes we would come in and have a sweet treat together. So we made little special moments. We did not do anything with school right after school ended. Same thing with here. At the end of the day, we don't get in the car and drive home and talk about school. We get in the car, we turn on some music, I got some snacks, and we just enjoy our, enjoy our moment home. And I typically don't say anything about school until she brings it up. And you know, that's always at the kitchen table, right? And my husband's there as well, so he knows a lot. So we've had a lot of kitchen table conversations about things that happen at school. But for the most part, I try to keep home. I, I've learned this. I try to keep home totally separate than work and school the best that I can for the sake of my own daughter because she's there with us each day. I also think that it's very important that you do balance your time teaching and spending quality time with your children outside of work hours. So maintaining a healthy work-life balance is absolutely imperative and making sure that you're always working professionally and personally to improve not only your skills and your classroom management techniques, but that you're also able to handle challenges that come up with even teaching your own child. So when you first work on yourself, being healthy and whole, it will flow out to your children. And guys, listen, flexibility is key. Being flexible and adaptable will help you in understanding that situations are going to arise that are going to require you to adjust your strategies and your roles, but it's okay. It's okay because this is what you have been assigned to do right now. And there was actually a time whenever I was just frustrated and I was like, honey, I just, 
you know, I, I just need some time. I'm telling you, I get in the car and, and Jolie's there and she wants to turn on the music. And I'm like, no, Jolie, I'm going to listen to what mommy wants to listen to. And then we get to school and Jolie's can't find her lunchbox, her water bottle, her backpack. I'm like, oh my God, I just, I am a teacher. I am super, super organized. Why don't you know where your lunchbox and your water bottle and your backpack are? Because she's kind of like, woo, she sees her mom and dad here all the time. So that's why we came up with the designated space. And I just, my, I was just like really frustrated one day. Like I was just like, I don't know, honey, I need a break. I just need some time. And he's like, listen, you can have your time. You can have a break. He's like, but you also need to toughen up. I hate whenever he does that to me. He's super precious and gentle and amazing and supportive. But sometimes he will give me a real kick and licking man. And I don't like it at first, but I'm like, I'm so glad he told me that. It's just like a coach whenever you're running and they're like, pick it up. And you're like, I can't. And they're like, pick it up. You can do better. And you're like, oh gosh, they push me to do things I don't want to do or that are hard for me. But he told me, he said, you can have your time. You can have your moment. He's like, but you need to toughen up. He said, because this is, this is your job and this is what you were assigned to do. And this is your calling. And this is what God wanted you to do right now. So put on your big girl panties and get to work. (laughs) And sure enough, I put on my big girl panties and I went and I sat in my rocking chair in my bedroom, took a five minute I call it, journaled out some ideas and just went out with a different perspective because, you know, it's like, you know what, God, you're right. It did give me this incredible responsibility. I need to stop resisting trying to make everything perfect, being in a fearful situation, desiring anything different. I need to just do what I've been assigned to do. Truthfully, guys, and we all need to hear that. So yeah, the days are going to be, they're going to be hard. They're going to be hard. So let's get prepared for them. What are we going to do? Yes, it's very important to be proactive. I've shared some proactive tips, but also let's say something does come up. You need to have an exit strategy, man. You got to find a way to get yourself under control. Take a break. Don't worry about, okay, well, my child, she can't, she's the one who can't find her lunchbox, water bottle, backpacks. One day she couldn't even find her shoe. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I got to thinking, these people that work here are probably thinking, Mackenzie, how can you organize and lead the school and blah, 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 blah. And yet your kid can't even like find her whatever it is. And I'm like, no. No, you're judging yourself right now. I'm judging myself right now, thinking that other people are going to judge me. But guess what? What they see in Joliana is this bright, vibrant, jovial, hilarious, singing as loud as she possibly can, creative, gifted little girl. Yeah. Are they going to see her flaws? Absolutely. Whatever. Okay. Whatever, guys. Let it be. Let's just stop resisting here, okay? Let's make the most of it. Let's have some boundaries. Let's have some good, fruitful conversations. And let's maintain our professionalism, okay? Above all else, let's maintain our professionalism, treating everybody the way that we want our own children to be treated, including our own children, okay? Making sure that we are consistent and disciplined, that everything applies. Here's the other thing. One day, Juliana wanted to come in from being outside, I tell the students, okay, when you drop off your backpacks and you come outside to play, always bring your water bottle because the moment we come back inside and we have our morning meeting, we're not going to the kitchen to get our water bottles here at the church. 
Well, guess who forgot their water bottle water bottle inside? Jolie. So, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Jolie's Jolie. We've been working on this since she was a little girl. We call them Jolie trails. Okay. There's just everywhere you go, you know where Jolie's been. And so all, everybody stood in line. They all went into the sanctuary. Some had their water bottle. Some didn't. It was fine. Actually, she wasn't the only one who forgot the water bottle, but it is what it is. She wanted to go back. And I said, no. She goes, oh, mommy, but please. Said, no. But you know, I get so thirsty. No. But uh, please, it's just, it's just right there. I can just grab it. No. Everybody has the same expectation, Juliana. And I do that because, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's my daughter. I want her to be, I don't want her to be thirsty. But guess what? She's never going to learn. And so a lot of this goes into us making sure that we are whole and that we have the strength to maintain the disturbances, my friends. And honestly, do your very best to avoid any type of public criticism, anything that needs redirection or correction. I think parents are so easy to do it to their own kids in front of everybody when really that should be the last thing that we do is to publicly criticize our own children in front of other peers. If we wouldn't do it with anybody else, we should never do it with our own children. And have there been times where I've gotten on to Jolie in front of people? Yes. And my human, motherly, tired way I have. And you will too at some point. And you're going to forgive yourself and you're going to move on. I think it's also very important if you have people who are working from you or family to seek their input. And honestly, seek input from your spouse. Seek input from your own child. I even seek input from Jalen who doesn't go to our school. Like, Jalen, what do you think? You think I should do this? Do you think I should let Jolie do this? Do you think I should have handled it differently? And I get her perspective as well. Guys, it's all about learning what's working, what's not, and making sure that you don't quit. <laughs> making sure that if this is what you have been assigned to do, that you carry it through with the best, most integrity that you possibly can. That's not to say that if you're like, I really cannot do this and this is like super unhealthy, then by all means, do what's best for your child. But don't give up too soon just because it gets hard. It's just like in that workout. They say that you typically you can't do any more pull-ups and you think I can't do any more yet you're only at 40% capacity. I think it's very important to also take a lot of self-care. So one thing I like to do as soon as I get home is take a five minuter. I get home, I put down my items, Jolie gets to go have her free time. I go into my bedroom or I go sit outside and I just reflect. I make sure that I have a positive outlook in some way before I come out of my little meeting room. It helps me to prevent burnout. It's also teaching my children that they can have boundaries and that they can take time for themselves as well. So it's important to recharge yourself and to make sure that you come up with a routine of how you're going to recharge yourself. I do that in the morning. I do it right after school and I do it before I go to bed. All right, everybody. I hope that this provide, provided some type of light. I hope that it gave you encouragement. I hope it gave you ways to be proactive. I also hope that it helps you if you're dealing with feeling like I just can't do it or I don't know if I'm meant for it to know that we're all going through it together. You're not alone. And at the end of the day, your children will never forget this moment and neither will you. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way. 
because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you. Thank you.